0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Xamarin Show. I'm your host, James Montemagno. Today, I have my best friend in the entire world, Nish and Neil, back with me for a second time, talking about microservices. Nish, how's it going?
1: Good. How's things for you?
0: (laughs) Great. We just (laughs) saw each other five seconds ago. So, um, If you haven't watched yet, Nish just did an amazing microservices 101 for us. Um, uh, because I know nothing about microservices, but Nish knows everything. So he walked through containers, imagery, images, registries, orchestrators, all those good things. Look at all those words, Nish. I'm I'm becoming a pro.
1: You are actually. I think you you will be a better presenter for microservices from the next time.
0: <laughs> no, that is not true. Not true at all. Um, well, we got pretty far into the overview of sort of how to take monolithic, you know, applications and break them into microservices. Um, but I think you have a—you can do this live, right? You want to walk through some really cool demos?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a time to show all the tools that we talked about in the previous video. Uh, so let's get started. So quickly um, on my screen, this is the .NET side. I'm pretty sure you would have—you will be familiar with this. So we have some great content. If you're first time at micro, uh, doing microservices, you can get started here. So this is the microservices. Uh, you know, Swimlane, you can click on this, you can go into this and look at there, there's a get started. So click on that and there is a hands-on tutorial on getting started with microservices and um, you know this is an entry point to microservices so this is all about understanding all those jargons we talked about you know dockers kubernetes and um, you know deploying this to uh, sorry uh, pulling this from the container registry pushing it to the container registry and things like that and this is a great uh, way to get started with writing a web api and then Dockerizing it uh, and then pushing it to you know container registry but we will leave this here for now for you to try it out, and we will go back to our demo, which is um, something. Uh, James, I wanted to get uh, do something which uh, Brady left off. So I had his code, which is the Contoso Online Orders API. I think he went ahead and explained all these amazing stuffs uh, out there in your previous video. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is a Shop Controller and Admin Controller, which are nothing but the REST endpoints, uh, which is going to uh, you know. Uh, like you know, take the uh, request HTTP requests and 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 give back the responses that is needed, right? Um, so I'm going to run this uh, application. Um, so let's go and do that. So it's going to build. So what I wanted to do is I want to take the same demo. I haven't made changes to this code. It's only what I'm going to do it right now. So this is the page. So we have the Swagger endpoint, which comes by default with the .NET five projects. Now, so you have the store API, which we talked about. There's an admin, there's a shop. Um, okay. So if you want to get to the products, you can hit on the products, try it out, execute. And obviously there is absolutely no response because we just, you know, hosted a, it. But
0: yeah, can, just debugged it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. So we can we can actually put in some data and that for that I'm going to use uh, the, which I, this is an interesting thing, thing I found it on Brady's repo. We have this nice REST client installed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have this, we can actually make posts to this API. So I'm just going to hit send request Whoa. and it just goes and puts in some data. And this is really cool. So I'm just going to change this, make this from cops to maybe t-shirts and then make another post. Uh, and then finally, when I make a get request, you will have both of these things. Come that's back. amazing. So Whoa. Yeah, this crazy. is pretty cool. Yeah, Everything in VS Code, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Right. So the other thing that I did uh, basically on this uh, is to, uh, before I can go and do something to make it more containerized and Kubernetes and other things, I basically wanted to see like what is my environment where uh, this is being run. So I wrote a log file which says environment.os version. Version string. So I'm going to put a breakpoint here. And uh, let's go back and just make that request. And you can see that the breakpoint is hit. And you can see there's a version string which says Microsoft Windows NT, right? As expected. Mm-hmm. Now, this is good. So now you know that .NET is basically a cross-platform. So let's go and install this on Linux. Uh, to do it on Linux, I mean, I could definitely do WSL and and put, you know push it directly there. But we are not talking about we are now talking about containers and Kubernetes and our things. So let's containerize this, right? So okay. I'm going to use Control Shift P, and I just say Add Docker, and there is an option called Add Docker files to workspace. So I click on that. It asks me, what application is this? So this is an ASP.NET Core application. And it asks me, which project do I want to add this file? So I click on CS Project. Now I choose which operating system I want. I mean, you Mm -hmm. can have Linux containers and Windows containers. But I want to choose Linux and the advantage of using Linux containers is that, you know, you may in the in the cluster, in the Kubernetes cluster, when you're running multiple applications, you may have a Node.js application, Java applications, which are running on Linux, you can also have the .NET application run side by side uh, with uh, when targeted to Linux, right? So this is a very cool feature. So hit on Linux and 8443 is the port that is gonna be exposed out of the container. So when it gets deployed, we can always reach the service by uh, that port, right? I don't. It's asking me, do I need a Docker Compose file? At the moment, I don't need a Docker Compose file, so I'm just gonna say no. So it's asking me to overwrite. So I had a configuration earlier, so I'm just gonna overwrite that, which is fine. So now I have this Docker file automatically created, right? So you can see this. And I also have this docker ignore file. Uh, ignore file is just like the ignore files. It'll ask you to ignore things that when you package your application. So right. a docker file is basically, think of it like an instruction set for docker to kind of compose your image, right? Or or kind of build the images. So we are, what we're doing is we we want the ASP.NET file dot runtime. So we say from this, right? So you can have a container base out of the other images too. Like Uh, if you can have an image based on other image, right? For for example, if you just want the operating system like Ubuntu, you can say from Ubuntu and then go and write other things that you need to work on. But in in our case, yeah, in our case, we're using ASP.NET. So we can just go ahead and say ASP.NET 5.0, which will have the runtime required to run on, I think we use Debian in this case. So it will pull in all the details that is needed. So actually the Docker file for creating this image is also out there open source. You can, check that out too. Um, so, uh, so basically these are instruction sets and think of it like, you know, every instruction, what you see here, it kind of like creates layers or layers in images. So you will have multiple layers that's being created, gotcha. right? So yeah, so there is SDK. Uh, so here, this is a step, this is a very interesting step. So what we do here is we don't compile the code in Windows. We actually copy the entire code into the container and we compile it within the SDK that is, uh, that we are pulling in from here
0: oh right? uh-huh, that's cool that's cool that makes sense because it's like you're building it on the actual I- image and machine yeah. th- in which exactly. you'll be running yeah
1: correct that's cool and uh, i don't want to go into the details but we use something called as multi-stage uh image uh so what happens is basically uh what it matters is the end point what we're doing is we are doing the build and we are telling we need the runtime and then we say we are pushing all the things that we're uh, you know, artifacts which are used to build it and create it using publish, that is only the thing that will be f- copied into the final image. And that's what right. we are doing it here. Oh, right? cool. So the final image will have only your code. And uh, it will also have this entry point which says, OK, how do I execute this? So it's going to make this uh, .NET and run your DLL. And that will run your web application with the port that we
0: provided here. Right. Very cool.
1: Right. So let's run this uh, application. So for this, I'll just go to VS Code and use the docker.net code launch, and then hit
0: the run. So you've installed VS Code. I'm assuming there's an extension and you also have something installed on your machine, correct?
1: That is very right. Um, so here's the Docker extension, if you can see this here. Um, so, so not the Docker ex- extension, the Docker for desktop app. This is free. Mm-hmm you can go get that installed and uh, we can get into these details a little bit so for those who are getting started so if you're going to the settings what i do is i also set up saying use the wsl2 based engine mm-hmm. so that way it's using the wsl2 to give us linux uh you know uh, run the linux containers right so um so that's the docker that you need uh, and once you have that i also have this docker extension on the VS code okay. um which is hidden behind somewhere yeah there you go so which also tell, shows you all the containers that are available on my system right now, the images that is there, and it also can connect to the Docker Hub, which is oh, the cool. container registry, right? So you have some really nice code tools over here, right? So um, I think it's pulled in some browser if I remember oh, cool. correctly. Let's see, where is it running? Probably this one, okay. Yeah, having multiple screens. <laughs> <laughs> so um, here you go, so it gave us a new port um, so let's go to Swagger endpoint, and um, go to products, get products, try it out, execute. And now um, you can see how VS Code can debug your Docker applications too. And if I go to the watch and string now, you can see the same application without doing much. It's just running on Unix systems,
0: right? Very cool. That's awesome. So you are literally debugging from Windows and VS Code into a Docker image that's running on WSL, the Windows subsystem for Linux, and this thing is yep. running in Linux and you're debugging it from VS Code.
1: Pretty much, and it's super fast, right?
0: <laughs> Very cool, that's awesome.
1: Right, so uh, so that's it. I mean, that's it. Now we have containerized this application, which is all cool. So now you can see that, you know, the images that were built is all here. Uh, so basically for this demo, what I did is uh, I created two images. Uh, so for to show that what i want to show you here is this startup.cs. if you look at i have this uh, right now whatever is being stored is basically on the uh add memory cache basically we are using this uh, i store data store service to use a in memory cache mm-hmm. uh, but in production i would want to use something like a more realistic storage which is cosmos db storage so i have i built two images one with the in memory and the other With the Cosmos DB, which is which I for this demo, I'm trying to treat it like a test or a dev environment and a product environment just to you know differentiate between the two, right? So once that is built, uh, so you can see where you can actually go to the command prompt, use the tool Docker and say images, and you'll see all the images that is being unfortunately for in my case. I have (laughs) not unfortunately, but uh, I have a lot of images because I work on day in and day out on containers, so eShop. Has a lot of things dumping in as images, but for this demo, we have to focus on this hyphen dev. This is the same image, and then it also has this hyphen prod, right? There's somewhere here. Yeah, this. Okay. Now you see this image which has my my name somewhat on that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that is the thing representing your container registry, right? So um, when you're building your images, you can actually say Docker and tag it with your container registry. So this so this is my container res- registry, right? So if you look at my Docker Hub, it's nothing but my username on Docker. Okay, so let's go to this. And you can see that this is my, the Docker Hub username. And okay. I can go to hub.docker.com, for example. Let's go to that, hub.docker.com. And uh, it should have all my images that I've been hosting. Over here, oh, cool, right? nice. Right. So the way you, ta- once you tag it as your username slash your, your image, uh, you can actually do one more command called Docker push and give that same image, whatever you built, and it will go and push it into the Docker hub, right? Oh, very cool. There is a step on authentication of Docker and other things, which is very fairly easy to do it. Uh, if not go through our dot, dot .NET, uh, you know, get started section and it, it actually briefs out all, all these things there. Okay. Oh, cool. Right. So now I build these two images and I push it to Docker Hub. Now is the time to deploy it to production. Right. Something okay. like Kubernetes. Right. So for Kubernetes, what I'm going to do is, uh, I'm using a tool called kubectl, which is like a client tool to interact with Kubernetes. So let me show you some 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 nice uh, uh, commands to work with it. For example, I have something called configs. I want to know uh, which are the Kubernetes that is configured on my client. So I have this get context. So you can see that there is a Kubernetes that comes with Docker Desktop. Mm -hmm. And there is also a Kubernetes that I'm working with, which is the managed Kubernetes service, which is AKS. So right now they're deployed in the AKS, uh, which is the Azure Kubernetes Services, right? I can also use the Docker Desktop for for all testings and other things. But Docker Desktop gives you only one node, which is the one VM, which is your one machine. But in AKS, I can play around with multiple VMs and other things. Like you know, I can scale and do whatnot, right? Gotcha. Um, right. So, <clears throat> so now to access this, I have already deployed this to Kubernetes, and I'll show you how. Uh, to deploy these to Kubernetes, you have to work with, as I mentioned earlier, you have to work with YAML files, which is more like a contract that you will sign up with the um, Kubernetes. So it takes in some, uh, you know, parameters like this, like you know, last, what are the object like kind is deployment, and you define this is my deployment. And then the important aspect here is in the deployment file, we say, okay, what what does Kubernetes want to run here is basically mm-hmm. the image that I need to pull from my Docker Hub, right? And I named them as hyphen dev because I'm actually pulling in dev. And similarly, I also have another YAML file, which is the prod. And here I am pulling in hyphen prod, right? Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. So these are now running in my uh, Kubernetes on AKS. So I'm just going to use kubectl get pods. And you can see that these are the pods that are running. Now, I think one terminology we didn't explain is what is a pod. In Kubernetes world, Containers are run inside pods. Okay. And pods can have multiple containers. So, um, and it's typically useful in a scenario like sidecar and other things like that. So, let's um, to access these services, we are going to use something called as an ingress. And we have ingress configured here. So, it's basically it gives you this public uh, IP. So, this is where uh, right now this is being hosted. For example, if I just say swagger. Uh, So this is running from my AKS, right? So this is all, yeah. So you can see that there's something called as dev that is being used, right? And there are dev and prod, which is installed directly. As I showed, there are two prods. So I have configured this in my ingress configuration that, you know, what should be my root? What should be my prod? What should be my... Uh, Dev, right? So let's take up, we're talking about Xamarin, so let's use a Xamarin app to show this. Uh, So this is right now, if you refresh it now, it's actually coming from the Dev environment, you can see that this is all Dev data. Now, if I go in and uh, let's go to the ingress of YAML, and you can see that this is my path. And here, the host, the the root path is basically pointed to the Dev, right? If I want to get to prod, I can also go to the prod as well. Mm. But, you know, as a, as a mobile uh, application, it doesn't need to know, uh, it doesn't need to know, know multiple parts because in the in the, in the ingress itself, you can configure something like this, which is, so I'm going to change this to prod here, which is my root and uh, go quickly onto my, um, uh, and this is my ingress, so I'm going to say kubectl apply, and this is how you apply configurations uh, to. Uh, to Kubernetes, I'm going to say apply this. So what now what it does, it's basically it says it has gone and configured it for me. So now if I go back to my client and just refresh it, uh, you can see that the prod data comes in without ma- making any changes to the mobile client.
0: Right? Well, so the, the mobile app just has one endpoint, and that's all mm-hmm. it knows about. And then because Kubernetes has this configuration to say, go to dev or go to prod, and there it yep. is, it's just one endpoint and that's all you that's need it. to know. Very that's cool. It.
1: So I don't don't know. I was trying to put in everything together to make it uh, useful and understandable for microservices, but there is a lot more to this. But I just want to tell you that, you know, uh, like when you have this kind of configuration-oriented approach towards this microservices development, it makes it much more easier for teams to kind of like, you know, scale, uh, do things more, roll out multiple features in productions. You can test things like this. um, And uh, yeah, uh, it's pretty cool to do things like that.
0: It's great just to see it kind of in action. Just that kind of endpoint where, like, you were running, you had a bunch of data locally from dev environment, memcache, and then now it's literally actually hitting a different database, right? It's hitting Cosmos DB that that's you right. showed, completely different. So that's actually a real wow factor. It's like, if you want to switch out your database, or you want to test a new database, or you test a new functionality, especially from dev, prod, test, anything, you can just have this one file and then just go done. That's, that's very right. cool. And what we'll do is we'll make sure that we put all of the show notes down here in all the links, everything like that, that, that Nish showed off. And, of course, links to the first video in case some of this terminology went over your head like it does for me. And I've rewatched that video 25 times now. So, uh, Nish, this is awesome. I mean, that's a lot in there. I'm going to rewatch this video 25 times as well. So.
1: Perfect. I mean it was it's always a challenge to put together right content for microservices because there's so many things. Yeah. But I hope this was useful and uh, if people have more questions we can specifically answer those things into a separate video, right? We can create yeah. hundreds of videos out of microservices, <laughs> I guess.
0: <laughs> exactly. Just like a microservice, break it into smaller videos. Well, no, awesome. Right. This thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this awesome demo and uh, to me honestly this is like really really cool and I can't wait to take some of my big monolithic services and start breaking them up into smaller pieces. And it's really cool just to see the tooling do a lot of work for you automatically. So that's really nice. Uh, well, that's going to do it for this week's Xamarin Show. I hope everyone enjoyed this uh, this video and learning about microservices with Nish. Um, leave comments uh, down below wherever you're at watching this video. We'll try to answer them. And Of course, make sure you give this a like and a thumbs up over there on the YouTube that goes into the YouTube Google algorithm of goodness that um, recommends this video to other people interested in microservices. Well, that's going to do it. Um, thanks for watching. I'm Chase Montemagno and this has been another Xamarin Show.